Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Blog Talk Radio. the king of an empire and you rely on the slavery of your people to keep you rich and powerful but you see your people waking up and starting to show dissent what would you do if you wanted to stay in power you would sure hope that they forget about it you would want to distract them or even better turn them against each other so that they forget about their original cause the mainstream media which we all know is in the business of maintaining the status quo is doing a great job at doing just that. Advanced, progressive, urban political talk radio. Politicians who are characterized more and more by legalized bribery and normalized corruption vis-a-vis that big money. By a corporate media that ensures that it's a culture of superficial spectacle but no serious public debate and public conversation for the issues that really matter for the future of the nation, but especially the future of the vast majority of the nation who are working class and poor. Or a serious discussion about drones that drop bombs on innocent peoples. Or increasing police powers that allow persons, Americans, to be assassinated without due process or judicial review. Death, where is thy sting? Grave, where is thy victory? This is The Alpha Show. Advanced. Progressive Urban Political Talk Radio on TruthWorks Network. There is but one rule. Hunt or be hunted. But one thing you can't deny. These people are sabotaging this economy. And people are sabotaging this country. This is awful. Hosting the best of pushback talk radio. And now, the man who's got their number. Alpha.
I don't know. I really don't know. Sometimes what I think of, I've started to show it for 15 minutes. I run off at the mouth on mute. I definitely need to take a break. I definitely need to be on break somewhere. Um, I apologize, but this is crazy. I can't seem to keep it straight, get it straight, or want to be straight. And like I said, I just finished, started the first 16, 17 minutes of the program on mute. So, any and everything I said, it's basically gone awry. I can only say is um, next week I will begin my hiatus. I'll begin my furlough. Um, this just showed me that I need time off. And I needed time off like two weeks ago. <laughs> well, let me see. Let me start it over. Follow me on Facebook, The Alpha Show. 914-338-1610. Let me take the time to review stories that I will be discussing will be the video that has been leaked, as they call it, leaked because the police had it under wraps, the shooting of yet another unarmed black man in North Carolina, I believe it was Fayetteville, and somehow someone anonymously leaked the video of the dash cam, police stories. But this is just another case, another case of the Klan posing as police officers, the Klan posing as prosecutors who say no charges will be filed, and the Klan who poses judges that dismiss the cases that do reach that critical mass. Don't take it from me. Take it from the simply make up story after story, case after case. I also mentioned while I was on mute, one of the uh, Housewives of Atlanta stars, I don't know who she is, her and the people she was with were kicked out of the mall kicked out of the mall, I believe it was what it was in Atlanta. And they were kicked out of the mall because they were black and wearing sunglasses. And they got it on video and they also got on video white folks strolling around in the mall with sunglasses on. But they were told to they had to leave because they had sunglasses. So it doesn't surprise me. It just all I can do is shake my head because it's so damning to race relations in this nation, as if race relations were getting better. That was the big lie. Oh, but you got a black president. No, that doesn't mean race relations have got any better. That simply means we were better at it. That's up. not just Baltimore everywhere. It's also Wisconsin. 
Fayetteville, South Carolina. It's Miami-Dade, Florida, where 16 police officers are under investigation for their racist emails. And I'll tell you, and I'll continue to say it over and over again, the Klan has operated with a great presence among law enforcement, district attorneys, and judges in this country for over 100 years. That's how Jim Crow flourished. That's how equal but separate has flourished. That's how they've done it, through law. That's why the new lynchings are the police shootings of unarmed black people. That's why we are where we are. We've got incident. We have situations that continue to go on that we can't seem to get our heads around because no one is willing to call it what it is. Pure and simple. Pure and simple is the rise of the South. It's the rise of the Confederacy again. When they say they want their country back, they want their country back to the 1950s and 60s. And that's where we are. That's exactly where we are in this country. You can take it for what it's worth. If you can't be honest to yourself about this, What are you going to say? What are you going to do when people, poor people, who are being affected the most, refuse to vote? What do you tell them? Suffer. Now, where CNN took the awkward approach to handling these racial tensions, Fox took the racial approach to handle their awkward tension. We got two stores right now. This guy's walking out with a Colt 45 poster, and then he's burning it. But you certainly got a lot of uh, free liquor that's going on in the Five Finger Discount here. Actually, that was a clip from Fox's newest hit program, Blacks Do the Darndest Thing. <laughs> it's so funny. But Fox loves a good comparison, and those comparisons don't get all confused with annoying things like logic. This doesn't look or feel like the United States of America. This looks like some riot in some third world nation. This doesn't look like the United States. This looks like a third world nation. I can't relate. <laughs> Let me give you guys some advice. When shit like this goes down, all of you should just go home and just show reruns of Killing Jesus, all right? Because you're never going to be able to relate to this. But if anything explains America, it's those pictures. Oppression, riot, oppression, riot is exactly the pattern that built this country, starting with the tax oppression that led to the Tea Party riot, the party you all seem so in love with. All right. What's next? I'd be interested to hear from those police about their level of frustration that they have to stand here and watch these thugs go thugging. Thugs go thugging? What is that, the 13th day of Christmas? Thirteen thugs of thugging makes sense. <laughs> FYI, there are no more golden rings because of all those thugs. 
<laughs> Sorry about that, Christmas. <sighs> okay, so they mentioned stealings, uh, malt liquor, thugs. What else is left on the stereotype list? Oh, I know, black super strength. We watched it this afternoon with these boulders hitting these cops. Boulders? <laughs> black people are doing this. <laughs> This is what we're doing. So black people can throw boulders. Thanks. I didn't know I could do that. Okay, stealing, malt liquor, thugs, super strength, what else? You've got an alliance that has concerned all officers around the country about the Crips and the Bloods and the Black Gorilla family is what it's called, a gang that is in West Baltimore. Okay, so between the Bloods, Crips, and Black Gorillas. Hmm. Which one of these gang names do you think Fox likes to say the most? The Black Gorilla Family. The Black Gorilla Family. Black Gorilla Family. The 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 Black Gorillas Family is a group known as the Black Gorilla Family. It's Gorilla Gang, whatever you want to call it. Black Gorilla Family. you motherfuckers, man. Mr. Wilmore from The Daily Show. Uh, he's hilarious. Um, and we all know John Stewart will be leaving The Daily. I'm sorry, that's The Nightly Show with uh, Mr. Wilmore. John Daly will be leaving The Daily Show uh, sometime in August. So catch him while they're hot. <laughs> catch him while they're hot. Take a page out of the Republican playbook and push back. Jim Bush got in it knee deep. When asked the question, what we know now, would you still go into Iraq? He said yes and completely defeated his brother's idiotic decision to invade a sovereign nation. Um he has since changed his position over the last five days, four days. He's changed his position four times. And one college student, 19-year-old college student, took him to task, and he had no way out, so he had to stand there and listen to him. But as they do, they deny it. And uh, I would hope that everyone would have saw that. That was on, that's really everywhere. That's on Huffington Post, everywhere you go. Jeb Bush is nothing more than a clown. His brothers, his older brothers, clown because they seem to mimic one another. He's taking advice from the same people who brought us the Iraq War. Nineteen of the twenty-one advisors of foreign policy are Jeb Bush's foreign policy. But he claims he's his own man. And this is where the media falls short. You've got a a corral of war hawks or neocons that your brother had, the same people that brought us the same poor uh, policies. And you're your own man? And, of course, the media let him slide with that. 
the same people that brought the financial policies. He's using the same people. But yet, he's his own man. Hillary Clinton is playing it safe. You notice Hillary Clinton is mimicking whatever Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren are saying. She's literally mimicking what they are saying. Bernie Sanders is very interesting because he tells you about the budgets. The Republican budget. And here's Bernie Sanders on this this clip about I mean, to me, I think it's a no-brainer. I think it should be a serious campaign as it runs on an endless loop. Listen, listen to Senator Sanders. As we all know, and as the chairman indicated, the federal budget that we are working on is not an appropriations bill. It does not provide explicit funding for this or that agency or this or that program. What it does do is lay the foundation for that process and tells the Appropriation Committee through the 302A allocations the total amount of money that they have to spend. In other words, this budget is more than just a very long list of numbers. The federal budget is about our national priorities and about our values. It is about who we are as a nation and what we stand for. It is about how we assess the problems facing our country and how we resolve them. That is what our committee is undertaking, and it is a very, very serious responsibility. Let's be clear. No family, no business, no local or state government can responsibly write a budget without first understanding the problems and challenges that it faces. And that is even more true when we deal with a federal budget of some $4 trillion. As I examine the budget brought forth by the Republicans in the House and here in the Senate, this is how I see their analysis of the problems facing our country. At a time of massive wealth and income inequality, my Republican colleagues apparently believe that the richest people in this country need to be made even richer. It is apparently not good enough that 99% of all new income today is going to the top 1%. It is not good enough that the top one-tenth of 1% today own almost as much wealth as the bottom 90%. Just not good enough. Clearly, in the eyes of many Republicans, the wealthy and the powerful need more help. Not only should they not be asked to pay more in taxes, my Republican colleagues believe that we should cut tax rates for millionaires and billionaires. It is not good enough that corporate America is enjoying record-breaking profits and that the CEOs of large corporations earn some 290 times more than what their average employees earn. It is apparently not good enough that since 1985, 
the top one-tenth of one percent has seen a more than $8 trillion increase in its wealth than what they would have had if wealth inequality had stayed at the same level that it was in 1985. An $8 trillion increase in wealth for the top one-tenth of one percent, but for many of our Republican colleagues, just not good enough. Meanwhile, as I understand the Republican view of our country, as manifested in the House and Senate budgets, it appears that millions of middle-class and working families, people who are working longer hours for lower wages, people who have seen significant declines in their standard of living over the last 40 years, these people apparently do not need our help. Rather, they need to see a major reduction in federal programs that make their lives and the lives of their children a little bit better. At a time when we have over 45 million Americans living in poverty, more than almost any time in the modern history of this country, my Republican colleagues think that we should increase that number by cutting the earned income tax credit, affordable housing, and Medicaid. At a time when almost 20% of our children live in poverty, the highest rate of childhood poverty in the industrialized world, my Republican colleagues think that maybe we should raise the childhood poverty rate a little bit higher by cutting child care, by cutting Head Start, by cutting the child tax credit, and by cutting nutrition programs for hungry children. To summarize, the rich get much richer, and the Republicans think they need more help. The middle class and working families of this country become poorer, and the Republicans think we need to cut programs they desperately need. Frankly, that may be the priorities of some people in this room, but I do not believe that these are the priorities of the American people. Mr. Chairman, today the United States remains the only industrialized country on Earth that does not guarantee health care to all of its people. We have about 40 million Americans who lack health insurance and millions more, as we all know, who are underinsured. Well, apparently that is not good enough for my Republican colleagues. They want to abolish the Affordable Care Act and take away the health insurance of some 16 million Americans who have gained insurance through that program. In other words, instead of having 40 million people uninsured, we would have 56 million people without health insurance. And then if you include the cuts in Medicaid that they propose for some of the most vulnerable families in America, that number goes even higher. Further, when you make massive cuts in Medicaid, you also cut the nursing home care for seniors, perhaps the most vulnerable and helpless people in our country. Is that really what we are about as a nation. I've talked a little bit about the devastating impact that the House and Senate Republican budgets would have on the American people, but equally important is what these budgets do not do, the serious problems they do not address. Poll after poll tells us that the issue that the American people are most concerned about is jobs, wages, and the economy. That's what the American people are mostly concerned about, and for good reasons. Despite a significant improvement in the economy over the last six years since President Obama has been in office, 
Real unemployment today is not the official 5.5%. It is 11%. Youth unemployment is over 17%. And African-American youth unemployment is much higher than that. What the American people want and what the Republican budget ignores is the need to create millions of decent-paying jobs. And in my view and in the view of economists all over this country, the fastest way to do that is to rebuild our crumbling infrastructure, our roads, bridges, water systems, wastewater plants, airports, dams, levees, and rural broadband. According to the American Society of Civil Engineers, we need to invest over $3 trillion by the year 2020 in our infrastructure. At a time when millions of Americans are working for starvation wages, and when the federal minimum wage remains an abysmal seven and a quarter an hour, we need a budget that substantially increases wages for low-income and middle-income workers. We also need pay equity in this country so that women do not make 78 cents on the dollar compared to men who do the same work. Further, we need to address the overtime scandal in this country in which many of our people are working 50 or 60 hours a week and are not getting time and a half. Those are the issues that the American people are concerned about in Vermont and across this country. Unfortunately, the Republican budget refuses to address these issues of enormous consequence. I can tell you that in Vermont, and I suspect every state that we represent, young people and their families are enormously frustrated by the high cost of college education and the horrendously oppressive student debt that many of them leave school with. In fact, student debt today at $1.2 trillion is the second largest category of debt in this country, more than credit card debt and auto loan debt. Does the Republican budget do anything to lower interest rates on student debt? In fact, their budget would make a bad situation even worse. Does the Republican budget support President Obama's initiative to make two years of community college free or any other effort to make college more affordable? Sadly, it does not. But what it does do is cut $90 billion in Pell Grants over a 10-year period. Mr. Chairman, my Republican colleagues are concerned about the deficit, which, by the way, has been reduced by more than two-thirds in the last six years. Every member on this side of the aisle is also concerned about the deficit. My Republican friends are concerned about an $18 trillion national debt. We are concerned about an $18 trillion national debt. But what many of us recognize is, is that one reason in recent years that debt has gone up is we went into two wars and we forgot to pay for them. We created an insurance-written Medicare Part D insurance program, forgot to pay for that. And we provided huge tax breaks for the wealthiest people in this country, didn't offset it. Mr. President, the high Mr. Chairman, the high national debt is an issue that we are also concerned about. But where we disagree is how you address the deficit and the debt. What we believe is that from a moral perspective and an economic perspective, you do not balance the budget on the backs of the elderly, the children, the sick and the poor, and then give tax breaks to the rich and large corporations. Today, major corporation after major corporation pays in a given year zero, zero in federal income taxes. 
According to a recent report from the Congressional Research Service, each and every year, profitable corporations are avoiding about $100 billion in taxes by stashing their profits in the Cayman Islands and other offshore tax ha havens. In 1952, corporations contributed about 32% of all federal revenue. To today, that number is about 11%. In terms of individual tax rates, we have the absurd situation where hedge fund managers who make hundreds of millions of dollars a year pay an effective tax rate lower than a truck driver or a nurse. Do you think anybody in America thinks that makes sense? And the last point that I want to make is that the best way we can do a budget, an effective budget, is to move to a full employment economy with jobs that are paying workers a living wage. When we do that, by investing in infrastructure, by investing in education, by investing in research and development, we not only improve the lives of millions of our people, we also take a major step forward in lowering the deficit and lowering the national debt. Because when people are working at decent paying jobs, they are paying taxes. When they pay taxes and we increase revenue, we lower the national debt. So, uh, Mr. Chairman, thank you. So I'm not asking you for the truth. I know the truth. I know enough. And so what I'm asking you is, what is your end game? Our coming back. Broadcasting bold, brave, and black. Our common ground. Transforming truth to power. One broadcast at a time. Saturdays, 10 p.m. I'm Janice Graham. I'll be listening for you. I Declare Show is where we deal with the difficult, real raw, right now. If it's real raw right now, talk media. Come on, baby, say it with me. It can only be the I Declare Show. Talk soon. Join my friend and colleague on Blog Talk Radio every Tuesday night at 9 p.m., the I Declare Show with India Declare. Are you breathing oxygen in? Are you raising the energy up? Or are you bringing the energy down? There's no middle ground. It's your real, raw, and right now talk radio. I Declare Show, Tuesdays, 9 p.m. Blog Talk Radio. I Declare It. Dealing with the difficult, real, raw, right now. The I Declare Show, baby. And it, you, you can go down the line. You can go down the line. The Wizard of Oz is 70 years old. Today, if Dorothy were to encounter men with no brains, no heart, and no balls, she wouldn't be in Oz. She'd be in Congress. <laughs> Advanced Urban Progressive Political Talk Radio. <laughs> we have a distracted election. The people, middle class, who are vulnerable to propaganda and repetitious bullshit that you hear coming from the mouths of these clowns day after day. And that's where we are. And that's why it's almost the bewitching hour. It's almost checkmate. It's almost that time. The time is of no return. It's almost the time when we won't be able to recover. Because recovery simply 
will not be in the cards for us. We cannot, I repeat, we cannot continue down this road because this road is headed for the ultimate dead end. You're listening to The Alpha Show at TruthWorks Radio Network. Alpha drills down every Friday, 10 p.m. Just damn. Well, well, on a programming note, Tuesdays, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, it's India Declare hosting the I Declare Show, the real raw and right now of the I Declare Show. Join India Tuesday night, Saturday night, tomorrow night. Janice Graham will not be on the air. She will return the following week of the 23rd. So don't miss our Common Ground hosted by Janice Graham uh, on the 23rd of May. And Chauncey DeVega at 9 o'clock Eastern on Monday nights, the rebroadcasting of We Are Respectable Negroes. So here at the Truthworks Network family, we would encourage you to simply follow along because the news you are getting from the so-called media, it's not news. It's filtered bovine. It's propaganda. It's a narrative and an attack on perception. It leaves you out in the cold, shaking your head. And what's left me out in the cold is this TPT that President Obama is about to get fast track on. They said the biggest problem is in the House. I would simply hope that House members will hold the line, Democrats, because there are enough Tea Party Republicans to stand against this. And I heard an interesting um, an interesting take on this TPP. Ecuador is being sued for hundreds of millions of dollars because the people, elected people in that country have uh, regulations that will not allow this multinational uh, company cigarettes to be uh, sold or distributed to they're limiting, they're advertising, they're doing something that will protect their citizens. And the multinational company is suing the country for half of their GDP. And that's under the trade agreement. Not the one, not the TPP, but that's under the already in place trade agreement. Australia is being sued for hundreds of millions of dollars because they're duly elected officials have passed laws and regulations that hinder the profits of corporations. You see, this is a corporate takeover. And it's not just here in this nation. This is global. This is the global corporate takeover. Period. 
this TPP that they are so rabid to pass, they're so rabid to get spells checkmate for the middle class of this nation, will roll back in and all regulations that this nation has. Because if fracking is banned, then that corporation can take the municipality or the state to court and the taxpayers have to foot the bill. And the court is supervised by corporate lawyers. So what do you think they're going to come down on? This is the downside, the loss of sovereignty. The mere fact that corporations will supersede our regulations, EPA, clean air, clean water, the food that we eat. Did you know that GMOs are banned throughout the world except for in the United States because they've been deemed a carcinogen? And the biggest tell in all of this is the fact that the food industry, Monsanto, fights so hard and lobbies so heavily to stop you from knowing what's in their product with labeling. That's all the opposition is asking. Label the food, tell us what's in it. They don't want to do that. And that is problematic for anyone who is looking to have a meal. For anyone looking to have a meal, it's privatization. It's the foolish ones. Privatization is the gorilla the 500, 600, 800-pound gorilla in the room. Privatizers have a system. One, they convince you that they did it on their own. Nobody else helped them. They didn't take advantage of the roads, the police, the fire departments. They didn't take advantage of any of that. Their philosophy is that of the Ayn Rand, the author of Virtue of Selfishness. that people who need a hand up are weak and only the strong survive. In any civilization to survive, it is the morality, the altruism that men have to reject. They move in traffic and austerity. Cut government, cut government, cut government. Privatize, privatize everything. Because privatization simply means feeding up the taxpayer trough. Like public education, public transportation. They were demonizing it as socialism, Soviet style. And that's been repeated so often by the business-backed media that the general public began to believe it. Sound familiar? Ask the Jews. The propaganda, the same technique, the same MO was used in Nazi Germany that killed six million Jews throughout that continent, not just in Europe, not just in the country of Germany. And that's what you're finding here. They have seized control of the airwaves, 
their message is repetitious and goes on at nausea. Poor people are the takers, the moochers. Government can do nothing. And that started with Ronald Reagan. Biggest traitors of our democracy. The dismantling of the United States as they play a three-card monte of American exceptionalism while they privatize everything. Charter schools. I'm not saying all charter schools are bad. I'm saying the majority of them are bad. And they are no better through studies. They're no better than the public schools. It's just that you have to take out loans. You have to borrow money into those schools. Did you see the for-profit colleges, the Corinthian group. The Corinthian group manages, or they are the parent company. They are the parent company of quite a few for-profit colleges. You know, the colleges that say, get an education, change your life, blah, blah, blah. Learn how to do this. Learn how to do that. Well, what you have to do is get that government loan, which is unescapable. The Corinthian group and Everest College, I believe, is a part of that group. And there are several other colleges going. And this is the, if the story were told, it would expose privatization more and more, because the story is not simply, it's simply not being told, period, because if the story was told, people would be able to see it. Corinthian College will leave 17,000 students in the lurch with nothing but the debt of that government loan, student loan. It can't be wiped out in bankruptcy. It can only be wiped out by pain. But you have the Corinthian group. The Corinthian group's downfall was because of fraud. Last year it was reported that they were under investigation for fraud. And now this year they had total collapse because the snakes are slithering sanctity under rocks. Privatization has a allowed this nation to be drained of resources and be that's the redistribution. Privatization is the redistribution of government and middle class wealth to the top one percent. Ties the war. By bringing in Halliburton and all of the private contractors who are making a hundred 150000 a year, while the soldiers, the United States soldiers, the government soldiers were making thirty-five to 40000 When you have $1.3 billion in Afghanistan infrastructure repair gone missing, they're so worried about food stamp fraud. 
they are so worried about disability fraud. And none of that covers the fraud that we see in the military-industrial complex. The privatization of everything. And I do mean everything. Transportation. We just had a, a train. Jump the train. Do you want your money back? Where the driver of the train was going 106 miles an hour around a curve where the speed limit was 50. But now he can't remember anything. Of course, he's lawyered up. And they are going down the road of there was something physically wrong with him. Eight people died, 200 are injured. Of course, in case anybody had a doubt about it or anybody thought that it wouldn't happen, the uh, Boston Marathon bomber, the young, the young guy, the old guy is dead. His younger brother has... Um, He's been sentenced to death. So we get to listen to that for the next 15 to 16 years, appeal after appeal after appeal. They just keep it alive. There is no relief from, like I told you, public education, public transportation were demonized as socialist and Soviet-style programs. The message has been repeated so often that business-backed media, that the general public began to believe it, economists, with regard to product development, governments have always been lousy at picking winners. They are likely to become more so as legions of entrepreneurs and tinkerers swap designs online. You see, This is all about the demonization and vilification of government. The American people are being spoiled. The name government is being sullied right before your very eyes. The entrepreneurial state. As pointed out, in reality, it is the state that has been engaged in a massive scale of entrepreneurial risk-taking to spur innovation. You, you have to remember, who built the roads? The government. Who created the society that we are currently find ourselves in? It's been the government in conjunction with the private sector. Which took us to the moon. It was a government. So when you hear people talk about the government can't do anything, whatever the government does, they do it a lot cheaper than private sector because the private sector is in it for profit. And stealing, literally stealing your tax dollars is what they're all about. They will steal your tax dollars at the drop of a hat. They don't care. They don't care. And if you just stop and step back and take a look. Just, just 
You don't have to believe what I say. Just look at what's going on. They voted to cut funding to Amtrak the next day after this accident. This accident could have been prevented through a breaking system, breaking system that they call PTC. But because it was put off by lobbyists until December of 2015, the highest travel corridor, which is the Northeast, they do not have this available. This accident could have been stopped. In China, in Japan, in France, all over the world, they have speed rail, 300, 368 miles an hour, care of their infrastructure. You hear Republicans talk about, we don't want to double spending on infrastructure. When infrastructure creates commerce, commerce creates revenue, and revenue creates and funds the nation. But they have the ear. They have command of the airways. They control what you hear and how you are spoon-fed. The propaganda that is so destructive to this country. You hear them talk about privatization, insist that the removal of government will benefit all people. The removal of government is equated to a vague demand for freedom. Did you hear me? The removal of government is created and equated to a vague demand for freedom, which is hyperbolic. If not meaningless, it gains momentum with Milton Friedman, who said, underlying most arguments against the free market is a lack of belief in freedom itself. Milton Friedman, right-wing nut, Cato Institution, right-wing think tank, which went on to preach that free markets create the future, promoting integrity and trust. How much integrity and trust do you have in fracking? How much integrity and trust do you have in, let's say, Nestle, the bottling water with no permit for the last 20 years? And what does that say about people regulating this industry? California is in the middle of a drought. And yet we find that Nestle has been bottling water and selling it to the public as a prophet in an age where you can't tell me that Nestle can get away with 20 years of sucking up all the water and selling it to the to the public and nothing's going to happen to them. The white folks armed themselves and came to the aid of Clive and Bundy in a standoff, but yet police are shooting black people down individually. It's senseless. It's mindless. 
And at some point, you have to say to yourself, what, what in the hell is going on here? Forbes magazine founder Steve Forbes blustered, you can't create prosperity without freedom. You see, privatization is freedom. Forget about the fact that they're being subsidized by the government. Forget about the fact that the people, the very people who have been pounding this narrative are paid by the government, are given health care by the government. You have to ensure the government isn't removed until you get rich. That's the 1% mentality. As the people who are well off have complained about government, They've also made sure that government has continued to help them with a mind-boggling array of deductions, exemptions, exclusions, and loopholes. At least $2.2 trillion per year in tax expenditures, tax underpayments, tax havens, corporate non-payment go mostly to the very rich. the most brazen of whom make the most astonishing claims. Don't forget one thing. They admit nothing, they deny everything, and they accuse everyone of what they're most guilty of. That's their MO. Defund government until privatization seems to be the only option. This has happened most notably in education, with a simple formula according to the nation. That's the nation magazine. Use standardized tests to declare dozens of poor schools persistently failing. Put those under the control of special unelected authority. And then have the authority to replace the public schools with charters. Of course, Cut funding, according to the Center of Budget Policy Priorities. Our schools have been systematically underfunded to failure to justify the existence of charter schools. It's that simple. It's that simple. 48 states, all except Alaska and North Dakota, were spending less per student in 2014 than we did in the recession. Now think about that. In the recession in the 1920s and 30s, we are spending less per student than we did back then. It's happening in Social Security. Perhaps the most efficiently run system, public or private, in our nation's history. Congress has cut 14 of the last 16 Social Security budget requests. There's only one rational explanation for that, the hostility toward government, combined with the determination to place more public resources in corporate hands through privatization. And number five, remain ignorant of any troublesome facts. Facts about failing private systems, including education, 
including health care, including banking, each and every one of these, law enforcement, water management, the environment, government itself. Great individuals emerge from corporate efforts. You will hear that narrative. That narrative will grow because, as I said, they control it. When you hear someone speaking to you about climate change, they don't care about climate change. It's already crossed the threshold that's irreversible. The sea level is predicted to rise by at least 12 feet. And you have this idiot, this senator, come to the with this nonsense. Senator from Rhode Island. We'll yield the floor when the next speaker comes, but while we have a, a quiet moment, I just wanted to complete my remarks related to the uh, senator from Oklahoma and his uh, snowball. Um, I'd like to ask unanimous consent that I show the uh, Earth Now website on the uh, iPad device that I have. Without objection. And uh, if you go to Earth Now, it's actually quite easy to load. And you can see how that polar vortex measurably brings the cold air down to New England, where we are right now. And if you don't want, and this is produced by NASA, right? These are pretty serious people. So you can believe NASA and you can believe what their satellites measure on the planet, or you can believe the senator with the snowball. The United States Navy takes this very seriously to the point where Admiral Locklear, who is the head of the Pacific Command, has said that climate change is the biggest threat that we face in the Pacific. He's a career military officer, and he is deadly serious. Uh, you can either believe the United States Navy or you can believe the senator with the snowball. Uh, the religious and faith groups are very clear on this, by and large. Uh, I would particularly salute the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, which has made very, very clear, strong statements, and we are going to hear more from Pope Francis about this when he releases his encyclical and when he speaks to the joint session of Congress on September 24th. And I think it will be quite clear that you can either believe the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops and Pope Francis, or you can believe the senator with the snowball. In corporate America, there is an immense array of major, significant, intelligent, responsible corporations who are very clear that climate change is real. Companies like Coke and Pepsi, companies like Ford and GM, and Caterpillar, companies like Walmart and Target, companies like VF Industries, which makes a wide array of clothing products, and Nike, companies like Mars and Nestle. So we have our choice. We can believe Coke and Pepsi and Ford and GM and Walmart and Target and VF Industries and Nike and Mars and Nestle, or we can believe the senator with the snowball. 
Every major American scientific society has put itself on record, many of them a decade ago, that climate change is deadly real. They measure it, they see it, they know why it happens. The predictions correlate with what we see as they increasingly come true, and the fundamental principles that it is derived from carbon pollution, which comes from burning fossil fuels, are beyond legitimate dispute to the point where the leading scientific organization on the planet calls them unequivocal. So you can believe every single major American scientific society, or you can believe the senator with the snowball. That's the bottom line. You can believe the senator with the snowball. This is an elected senator, four or five-term senator, who's been paid, bought and paid for by the oil industry and climate deniers, by the Koch brothers. This is why the election was so important, where we gave up the Senate, because now they have control. And the only thing that stands in their way of getting their way is that soft pen of the President of the United States. And that's what has me worried. That's what says to me, we're very close to check. You have Hillary Clinton talking about if she becomes president, she will only consider justices for the Supreme Court who will overturn Citizens United. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. But it was Senator Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren who were out there first. As I said, she's mimicking their position. She's looking to supplant them and their ideas. I have to say, she is a, and has been a terrible campaigner when it comes to actually getting stuff done. When it comes to that point of where she stands and her honesty. You know, they've raised that issue about her honesty, but they've raised it in a very nefarious way. When you hear people who will absolutely say, we don't trust the Clintons, what don't you trust? Prosperity? Well, don't you trust job growth or don't you trust the deregulation of the financial industry? Or don't you trust the cozy relationship that they have with Wall Street and the bankers? Or don't you trust the globalization that they're looking to implement? We are the biggest consumers in the world. Our trade deficit is in the hundreds of millions of dollars because it's not fair. We don't need free trade. We need fair trade. 
and I'm happy to say that here in Illinois, they've totally rejected the right-to-work state that Republican governor has put forth. He didn't campaign on taking the state to right-to-work. But like all the other Republican governors, as soon as they're in there, you know what they're about, you know what they stand for. They're pension redistribution, re reorganizing the public pensions, public employee pensions has been deemed unlawful and unconstitutional according to the state's constitution. And now it has them scrambling to plug an even larger hole in the budget by some hundred billion dollars. And the first place this governor runs to plug that budget is on the backs of poor people in the health insurance industry. I'm sorry, in the health services industry. He wants to cut off child care. What are those people supposed to do? Quit their jobs? The children have to be taken care of. Child health. He wants to cut off health to the elderly. So just go out there and die, why don't you? But he gives tax breaks to the rich corporations under the lie that it will attract business. And what worries me here is he's a rich man and he will simply bribe the other rich men who call themselves Democrats for the middle class. You give them enough money, they'll flip on us too. I have no doubt of this. That's why we are in such a precarious situation. That's why we have to change what we are doing and how we are doing it. We can no longer continue down the road of let what they say simply slide. Let what they say just go by the board because there's always someone sitting around waiting to listen to what they're saying because that's where they're telling you the majority of the people are. And that's what we know to be the lie. Came across this piece of, um, this bit of, um, this statement really a statement from the 1%. It's a letter. It's simply a letter. I believe I got it from a copy book. And I'll, say, I'll simply say, you know, you can't make this stuff up. And here's your letter from the 1%. A letter to the peasants of America from the 1%. You ask, where did all the money go in jobs? We took the money. We didn't think we had enough. We shipped the jobs overseas for profits. We started international corporations where we seek out the cheapest labor and the least stringent regulations. We used your military that you paid for to take over any competition 
that can't be stolen or bought. We destroy anyone in our way. We set up offshore businesses to hide our money. We deposit our personal money in Swiss and Cayman Island banks. We've bought enough judges and politicians to write our laws. We implement free trade, free markets, low taxes for us, and no taxes for our corporations. We crash the economy on purpose. Now we have Americans just as desperate to have a low-paying job as anywhere in the poorest parts of the world. We arranged the largest theft in history and stuck you with the bill. We bought TV networks, radio stations, newspapers, and internet providers. We propagandize our point of view to convince enough of you to vote against your own interests. We will go after civil rights, voting rights, education, environmental laws, unions, health care, any group or law that stands in our way of us controlling the economy and government, allowing us to profit as much as possible. That is our goal. That's all that matters. You're listening to The Alpha Show at TruthWorks Network. Drilling down, just damn. When injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty. This is Alpha, hosting the best of Pushback Talk Radio. The Alpha. And here's the children's part about it. NPR leans to the right. NPR leans, and you can ask, you know, and when I say NPR leans to the right, I'm simply speaking about who they have on. They have twice as many conservatives on spewing bovine excrement than they do liberals with their chicken excrement. So, at some point in time, you have to step back and you have to say, where's the job? What job bills have they introduced? The only thing Republicans have introduced is spending cuts that will cost 700,000 jobs. They are clearly trying to shut down our uh, economic growth and our recovery. You've got governors all over the country turning down jobs for speed rail. Now, regardless of how you feel about the steamer, you mean the French can do it, Japan can do it, the Chinese can do it, Europe, they can do it over there, but we can't do it here? You know, where is this exceptionalism coming from when we are so um, mired in ignorance and mired in, 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 in just, just total obstruction?
listening to the best pushback politics, the Alpha Show. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, the longer I do the show, the, the worse I feel. <laughs> the more under the weather I get. Um, so I'm going to end this. And I don't think I've ever ended a show early. And I'm going to end this one tonight because um, I'm not well. And like I said, I believe, I do believe I will be. I will be on hiatus. It'll either be through July or in the middle of July. But um, this will be my last broadcast until I return from uh, my little hiatus. And uh, I need the rest as... um, been uh, exhibited this evening. First 15 minutes, I was on mute. Something's wrong here. It's not going to end well. So I'll simply say this. When injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty. Ratings are more important than the truth. Our government builds twice as many prisons and schools. It's easier to find a Big Mac than an apple. And when you find the apple, it's been genetically processed and modified. Presidents lie. Politicians trick us. Race is still an issue. And so is religion. Your God doesn't exist. My God does, and he is all-loving. If you disagree with me, I'll kill you. Or even worse, argue you to death. 92% of songs on the radio are about sex. Kids don't play tag, they play twerk videos. The average person watches five hours of television a day, and it's more violence on the screen than ever before. Technology has given us everything we could ever want, and at the same time, stolen everything we really need. Pride is at an all-time high, humility an all-time low. Everybody knows everything, everybody's going somewhere, ignoring someone, blaming somebody. Not many human beings left anymore, a lot of human doings, plenty of human lingerings in the past. Until next week, people, I guess it will get a little more interesting. The nation is in a quandary. It's a mess. You've been listening to The Alpha Show. Join us next Friday night, 10 p.m. Alpha will lay it out. It's just damn politics. Thank you for joining us at TruthWorks Network, The Alpha Show. TruthWorks presents The Alpha Show. Each Friday, 10 p.m. It's Fire in the Belly Friday at TruthWorks Network. Bring your own rocks. The best. A political pushback. Just damn. Change so very much what it used to be. There's 
You're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.